Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 67 of A Play on Nerds. We are so excited to be back on some sort of regular schedule and for you to be joining us once again. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve. And I'm Jarman. The other co-host, and we're here to co-host the living crap out of this. And I'm just excited every episode we climb closer to episode 100. We gotta do something special for that. Well, we've got, what, 33 episodes to plan? <laughs> just 33 episodes left. You know yeah. the best part? It's gonna uh-huh. We're gonna be on episode 99 and 100 is gonna hit, and we're both just gonna wing it because we are gonna have forgotten. <laughs> But that'll be in true style of this true. podcast. Like 50 came and went. We didn't do anything, I don't like, think. Oh, crap. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and the two-year mark came and went. Whoops, missed that too. Yeah, we totally missed the two-year mark. <laughs> I mean, we we got the one-year mark. We did something cool for that. We, like, we did a huge retrospective. And I played clips from like all of our old episodes. That's and, right. And I remember I going forgot. through and listening to old episodes and trying to pick out my favorite moments. I know. <laughs> Whoops. Well, this episode later on in the feature, we're going to be joined by Jerry Herrera, who is one of our contributors to the Play on Nerds website, who does reviews for uh, The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Outcast, and uh, also Westworld now. So you can find his reviews on the website. They're usually funny and, and interesting and look in depth at the episodes. But we're going to talk about The Walking Dead Season 7 premiere later Ooh. on the episode. So you can listen to this episode all the way until then. If you don't want spoilers, if you haven't seen it, then you should probably shut the podcast off. As always, point. both to warn you and make my wife mad, we will throw in the spoilers alert sound effect. Oh, we will. When I we're in last coming episode. to I was so happy. <laughs> I was... I love just watching Anna's face contort <laughs> in upsetness. I wonder why she hates it so much. I don't... I, I think she hates it because she... she I know it bugs her, so I do it out of spite, <laughs> like any good husband would. Of course. And that's why she's slowly poisoning me. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. My throat is itchy. <laughs> you're, you're dying. <laughs> You'll be dead just as the baby turns two, so she doesn't need you anymore. That's right. Then she'll collect that sweet life insurance. Hell yeah. Which I do have. I do have sweet life insurance. Oh, good to know. You want to put me on that so I can uh, collect? Uh, I would have to adopt you, okay. and a judge may find that suspicious. <laughs> you could be my father. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, so but until we get to the, the, the discussion of Walking Dead, what have you been up to since last we talked? Well, I did something fun uh, yesterday. I can't believe it was only yesterday. It feels like it was a long wow. day. I uh, went with uh, Kate, the girlfriend, to Epcot Ooh. for the Food and Wine Festival, Okay, which uh, a lot of Florida natives would be familiar with. But if you're not familiar, Epcot is one of the theme parks in Disney, you know, Magical Kingdom. Uh, as a kid, it's like the most boring theme park out of the three. Okay, there. I, I was actually about to ask, Does it? Is it better now that you're older? Because I remember as a kid, 
there's like one or two things to really go do and see, but the rest of it is just so boring oh, yeah. and awful. Because basically it has a representation of like all these different countries of the world. And you go around this big lake and you suddenly you're in a different country at each The show. World Showcase. Yeah. And there's like, you know, China and, and there's an America actually. I don't know why they have that there. There's uh, They needed England. to remind you that you're there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so what they do for the food and wine festivals, they add even more booths around the world that are relative to those countries. And okay. they have a few items of food and a few items of drinks for each of those countries that represent food from that country and drinks from that country. So as an adult, this is fun because you get smashed going around the world, drink around the world basically. (laughs) And it's also known to be very expensive because not only to pay to get in the park, but then you actually pay at each one of these booths to buy food. And it's probably around four to $9 for each drink. And if it's like a mixed drink, it's more expensive. If it's a beer, it's like three seventy five, four dollars $4. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. And then five to $9 for each little meal thing, but they're usually like little tiny plates of food, kind of like a little right, appetizer. Right. So it's not a lot of food for the money you're paying. So I luckily though, Kate had free tickets to Epcot. So we didn't pay for that. And then like, I've never paid for a theme park living in Florida. There's always friends that have Yes, that is accurate. Exactly. And so I spent only $100. I put aside $100. It was one voiceover job to do uh, all around the world. We basically got every country except for Africa and Patagonia, just because Africa had no food of interest and their portion sizes were tiny. Their drinks were strange. And uh, Patagonia was just boring. So I don't even know what that is. I feel like you just made a commentary on Africa in general. (laughs) We don't have much food. No food. The drinks were weird. (laughs) feel bad saying that but it's like ooh, it's they, they have a jalapeno chicken dish so i went to look, look at it and it was so tiny i'm like i'm not paying seven dollars for that forget it so mm. we drank everywhere else and had fun and we didn't get to go on any rides okay because uh, yeah as a kid it's boring because there aren't rides there there's like yeah, i remember there was the the like the epcot like the actual ball ride that was like really bad animatronic representations of what they thought the future was going to be like with us living on the moon Oh yeah, it was really old and it hasn't been updated since. Like, I remember the, the 70s. like the Norway flume ride. Yes, which they now have changed to Frozen. So that, that makes was like sense. my favorite ride at Epcot. It was like one of the only rides, and you go through and you see trolls and stuff in Norway. But now it's changed to Frozen, and we tried to go on it, but it had a two-hour wait. And we're like, we are not waiting two hours yeah. for a and Frozen does, ride. Did they also have? Was it Body Wars there? It might have been, but it's not now. Now they have Test Track, which is like their one roller coaster. I do remember that. That was there when I was there. Mission to Mars, hosted by Gary Sinise. Um, and that one makes it feel like you're going into space, so it feels terrible. Okay. You feel like you're being thrust <laughs> so thousands of miles into terrible. the... terrible. Yeah, it's awful. So we didn't do that, because I can't imagine being super full, full of alcohol, and getting on a thing that makes you feel like you're being shot into space. <laughs> <laughs> so we did not do that. But we got really hot at one point, so we went to the Canadian Pavilion, um, which had a 360-view video screen. Like, they had these special cameras that take video in 360, and it basically had big flyovers of the Canadian countryside. And it's hosted by Martin Short, so that was kind of cool, but super cheesy jokes, like really just totally family-friendly. What? From Martin Short? Yeah, it was very boring. Very boring. But we got out of the hot (laughs) heat for a while, so that was good. Uh, You can hear my little lady in the background, probably. Oh, I do hear that. A little bit of crying. Yeah. She She's gets, like, why is she Daddy gets laughing? smarmy this time of night. <laughs> smarmy. <laughs> but yeah, so this week for me, uh, it's, it's just everything's baby now. Like, they really aren't kidding when they say that. Like, when you have a kid, that's it. Wow. Baby, uh, baby, baby. But uh, really, we're just still waiting to see if she smiles on purpose. <laughs> she hasn't really smiled yet. Like, she's had some sort of subconscious ones where at one point she... 
sort of, she was halfway asleep and kind of shuddered awake and then saw Anna and smiled, but it wasn't like, we can't make her smile yet. Oh, gotcha. It's well, sort of involuntary. Still developing, right? Right, right. Um, so at this point, we're pretty sure she could be taken care of by robots and she wouldn't really know the difference, but in, in theory, <laughs> we're coming up to the smile point soon, we hope. That's a great statement. Uh, <laughs> Irreplaceable by robots. And in the past week, because we've been taking her out more, and today we took Anna to a doctor's appointment, uh, we have even more independent confirmations uh, that she looks just like me. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. (laughs) I do not wish that on her or the world. I'm sure Uh, it's fine. But yes, my, my little girl looks just like pictures of me when I was a baby. Oh, that's cute, though. Kind of, sure. Good for your ego, anyways. Your That's narcissism right. it can live forward in this child. Um, and the only other thing is, over the weekend, we were trying to... So we're realizing that, that this time next year, the kid's going to be much more conscious of what's going on, and we're not going to be able to watch all the really scare horror, scary horror movies mm-hmm. that we want to watch. So we're really trying to get them out of the way this year. And between HBO and Hulu and Netflix, we are realizing... There are very few good horror movies on those services. (laughs) You got to go through a lot of crap to find the good ones. It's true. Yeah. um, And so I've got two recommendations for people that have those services, actual good horror movies to watch. Cool. That we found and dug out of just the heaps of crap. That is Halloween time. So that's appropriate. Yep. Uh, The first one is called Hush. Oh, yes. Uh, about a deaf writer living in a remote wooded area who is tormented by a killer and has to try to survive the night. And it was mm-hmm. very good and very creatively done. And, and once the one thing I really like is that the, you know, the killer didn't have any motivation, which made it that much creepier. Yeah. So yeah, hush. I recommend if you're into like sort of a, uh, I guess, slasher thriller. Well, there's of. great scenes in that movie where it's just like he's doing all sorts of stuff right behind her and she has no idea because she can't oh, hear him. Oh, it's so good and creepy. It's a great concept. Yeah. Like at one point she sets off a car alarm to distract him and goes to do something. And then the car alarm stops and she keeps going and doing it. And I went, why isn't she stopping? And I went, oh, she can't hear that the car alarm stopped. But exactly. Like, there was this moment of like, oh, my God. She's uh, and badass. The, the other one I would recommend is called The Hollow or The Hollow. Mm. Um, it's a sort of a creature film, uh, takes place out in the countryside of Ireland or Scotland, um, and features sort of a darker telling of the fairy mythos. Ooh. Um, a family moves out to a cottage and then their kid is stolen by the fairy folk. <laughs> um, and it's a father and a father and his wife try to get their kid back. And it's really, it's dark and Really cool visual effects and cool costumes and, and cool creature effects. Um, not at all what I expected and very good. I would highly recommend it. So not cute fairies. No. Like <laughs> dark, like dark steal your baby. Apparently. Fairies. Uh, so yeah, the hollow. I, I highly recommend it. Well, I think along the same lines of the, um, of wait, what was it called? Hush. You said, yeah. Yeah, on those same lines, I saw that Don't Breathe a couple weeks ago. I think I might have mentioned the show, but it's the oh. same thing where it's a blind man is the um, the actual villain, the, the killer. And this these people that break into his house, they don't know how crazy he is. And so they're trying to escape him the whole night. And he's blind, so it makes it kind of even stranger. And there's a whole scene in, the, in like night vision. Um, it's not a found footage film, but they just put it in night vision because to show you that he can see everything or he's much better at getting around in the dark where they can't see anything. So right. it's, it's kind of terrifying the same way. It was really cool. So there's some good ones out there, but there's a lot of crap out there, yeah. too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are my two recommendations this Halloween season. Very nice. 
Uh, well, I guess now it's time to move on to some nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. Well, I had something uh, short and sweet here. Uh, for a long time, people have been hoping and rumoring that Donald Glover would play Lando Calrissian in the new Han Solo spinoff movie. And it turns out they've just confirmed it. And that it he will freaking be playing. happened. Yeah. So before I say anything, what are your thoughts on this casting? Um, I think that it's good. Like, we don't get a ton of um, Lando's personality. And like, I just recently rewatched the movies. And you don't really get a feel for how if he's funny or if he's sarcastic. You get a little bit of banter with Han, but really not a ton. So I think this is Donald Glover's role to make or break. I started to think of it that way, that he has a lot he can just do on his own because there isn't a lot of established, at least uh, cinema canon of Lando Calrissian. I'm sure right, it's tons right, of books right. and everything. And I like him. I trust him as an actor. And, and I, don't know. I, I do like him, though. Well, something that I heard on another podcast I listened to called The Nerdy Show, a uh, guy named Cap on there made this comment, which I really agree with, um, that just because Donald Glover is basically the only young African-American actor that the masses can think of that is even tangentially related to nerdy culture because of being on community. Um, that that's the only reason they think of him for all these roles that pop up for young African-American males, like Miles Morales for the, the Spider-Man in the comic books. They want to make that to a movie. They're like, oh, make Don Glover, make it Don Glover. And then now Lando Calrissian, whereas like, if you asked me off the hand, like who should play Lando Calrissian, I just wouldn't think it would be Don Glover because he isn't look anything like that. He doesn't look anything like Billy D. Williams or he doesn't really sound like him. Cause like Billy D. Williams is known for his smooth and sexy voice and his Colt 45 commercials. Colt 45. <laughs> and like, he's got a swagger and like, can, you know, could Don Glover do that? Like he was in the Martian recently playing like a fast talking nerdy kid. And that's more of what I see him as not like smooth talking, confident Lando Calrissian, but who knows? Maybe he's got the acting chops pulled off. Yeah. But uh, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller are directing the movie mm -hmm. and they said, we're so lucky to have an artist as talented as Donald join us. These are big shoes to fill and an even bigger cape. And this one fits in perfectly, which will save us money and alterations, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> he says, also, we'd like to publicly apologize to Donald for ruining Comic-Con for him forever. <laughs> That's accurate. And they said Lando is in his formative years as a scoundrel on the rise in the galaxy's underworld. Years before the events involving Han, Leia, and Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back and his rise to rebel hero in Return of the Jedi. So we'll see what those years were like. But yeah, I guess it'll, we'll see how it turns out in like, what, two years, something like that when it comes out. Well, yeah. I'm what about excited. you? What's your uh, nerdy news? Uh, so I've got two, both of which have clever, clever names I've given them. Of course. Uh, the first one is called A Fool and His Monkey Are Soon Parted. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's about a study done on the social behavior of chimpanzees uh, in male versus female and how they attain power. Um, and so male chimpanzees will fight each other and fight for the, the alpha status and, and always look to rank up and try to fight the next biggest male to, to work their way up versus female chimpanzees who just bide their time and wait for old bitches to die. <laughs> They don't fight. They don't bicker. They don't do social things. They they literally basically wait their turn Jeez. to be the alpha female. That's so crazy. So peaceful yeah. and then so aggressive. Yes. Well, I mean, chimpanzees in general are just aggressive, insane things. Yeah. They rip your face off. Quite literally. Yes. They will just bite all the faces. 
and then the other one I've got is called uh, The Measure of a Man. And it looks at um, traits of individuals and the 10-year social impact on them. And so it broke down people into to six basic groups. Uh, and then looked at people that, that identified with that and then looked at them 10 years later. Okay. Post-graduation. Um, so the, the six groups are the realistic, who are hands-on, do a hands-on activity using tools, machines, or animals. Investigative, which are uh, museums or science. Uh, artistic, making music or art. Social, who put all their stress on interacting with others. Enterprising, who uh, get jobs early or do selling online or find some way to make cash. And conventional, who are people that deal with computers, data, and technology. And I, and I think back and I'm like, yeah, I guess everyone can kind of fit into one of those categories. Somewhat. And so they, they basically looked at these traits and then 10 years later measured people. And uh, it's like social and conventional types sound like they're completely opposite. Uh, but both are more likely to get married and have kids within 10 years of leaving school. Hmm. Um, social types are likely to be low earners hmm. um, versus enterprising types, which tend to be high earners and tend not to marry or have kids. Interesting. Ne- nearly as young. And then investigative types. So like the, the, the museum science type don't score high or low anywhere. They sort of sit in the middle. They could pretty much go any direction. Right. They're not crazy high earners. They're not crazy socialites. They sort of just sit in the middle. Um, and so it's just crazy to see these like traits taken when kids like graduate high school and expanded to 10 years and then how those traits can correlate. And I just think that's interesting. So where do you think you fit in on that chart? I don't know. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm an enigma. You're a little bit of the, uh, the creative type and the, what was it? The computer type, whatever that Artistic, was. social and conventional probably. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I've been going so like nose diving into these personality type stuff because like the girlfriend, she's really into the Myers Briggs tests. And it really is uncanny how once you take the test and it's like, this is your personality type and this describes what kind of person you are. Every time I've, I've asked all my friends about what they are and I, I found out and like it's dead on almost every time. So it's not like horoscopes or something. It's it's really scientific and like is uncanny how it really defines who you are. And like, that's that's your type. That's how you're going to react to things. That's how you enjoy conversations. It's kind of creepy. Did you just yeah. take the, have you taken the test before? Myers-Briggs? Years and years ago in college. Do you remember what you were? Uh, ENFP. ENFP. I'm going to write that down. Find out what it is later. But I would bet if I took it again, it would be different. They can change. Yeah. And like I, I'm, I've taken it one time and then I got a completely different answer than the other time because it's What's kind of your thing? in your mood. I was an ENTJ. Like I've taken it several times at CNN. They may just take it like every year. And same personality type as Hitler, Napoleon, Stalin. <laughs> so it's like, oh, good. I'm with good company. That's right. I'm You're supposed to be a leader, to kill but thousands of people. I haven't done that. Yeah. And kill thousands of people. There was good people on there, too. I'm sure. They yeah, they killed good people, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that not what we, Sorry. Maybe I missed. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's totally fine. Yeah. So crazy social behavior, both on human and chimpanzee sides. And we're all the same. We Us are. Us and chimpanzees. We're all going to go when we you know, blow into the sun. Or when the zombie apocalypse comes, which is a great transition into our next segment, our feature segment, The Walking Dead Season 7 premiere. And we're going to talk about it with the great Jerry Herrera in just a second.
So now we're starting an interview with uh, Jerry Herrera. More of a discussion between the three of us about the most recent episode of The Walking Dead, the season seven premiere, which was titled The Day Will Come When You Won't Be. It's a long episode title. Uh, So, yeah. So. Our, what are our initial thoughts? Uh, Jerry, why don't you let us off? Oh, by were- the way, before we start, uh, spoilers from this point on. Oh, yeah. Spoiler um, alert. Just warn our listeners, spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, turn off now. Skip ahead. Yeah. Don't listen. Spoilers. 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 Personally, my Facebook feed is full. It's like a full-on um, war uh, between people who have gotten the episode spoiled for them. And, and then on the other side of it, people are like, well, you shouldn't have been on the internet. So I'm guessing that if they haven't <laughs> seen it yet, they've probably, you know, literally been under a rock, but it's true. And I, guess, I think it's their fault. Like at this point, really, cause I completely stayed off the internet all day. I was a Monday all day. I was at Epcot hmm. and with doing the food and wine festival Nice. and with the girlfriend, I was like, I'm not gonna look at my phone. Cause I'm not see she has, she hasn't been caught up in walking dead. She, she didn't care. There were people talking about it in one of the bars there. And I like held my ears and went back and I like, I purposely tried to avoid it. I drove her home. I made sure she was nice and safely asleep. And then I went, I left her apartment, went to my office, downloaded the episode and watched it. And then finally, I could go on social media again. But that's dedication. If you don't have that kind of dedication, you can't complain about being spoiled. Yeah, I well, yeah, I specifically, I I stayed off of the internet, and I actually put, uh, which I guess I was asking for, but I put a thing on my Facebook. I said, you know, if if you if you spoil this, I will find you and I will put hands on you, and it won't, <laughs> and it won't be and it won't be pleasant. And then um, a friend of mine. Um, I don't know why we're friends because he's just, a, he's a troll. He's a horrible troll, but yeah, maybe like, like a couple of comments, like, ha ha ha, you know, same here. And then like the third comment down was him and he, and he spoiled it for me. So are you serious? Uh, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, so I'm catching a plane to Brazil and I'm going to find him wherever the heck he lives. And I'm going to oh, give him the most nasty noogie he's ever had in his life and uh, that's all why were you asking for spoilers basically from trolls see uh, i but i I thought better of it you know like and i and i was kind of on the fence whether or not this guy was a troll or not and then that was kind of like confirmation but Mm. i would like to say though that i believe that we discussed this um beforehand and i think i won the bet in our last episode of uh, Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I said that it was, I was definitely Abraham with a side bet on Aaron. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. People, people forget about Aaron. Yeah. But then you can't, I mean, I think the PC police would have a field day with that if, you know, they killed. I, I think my, my early bet was. Um, both Glenn and Maggie. Oh, That's really? Right. Jeez. Yeah, he did say that in the last episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was that was my opening bet, was that it was going to be just the double whammy. Oh. Which is funny, because today there was leaked footage of a whole scene of Negan completely killing uh, Maggie. Really? Uh, yeah, because I know they filmed a shot of each one of them getting hit in the head with the bat just once. Right. But there's a whole leaked scene online. You can see someone's filming a screen, and it shows um, him hitting Maggie over the head once. And then he says the line, he says, ooh, you're really a tough one. Or what does he say there? Oh, look at that. Taking it like a champ. 
Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some took it like a champ. Or yeah. Yeah. Like a champ. He says it to her. He's standing in front of her and says it to her. And then he hits her for the. She spits at him, spits blood in his face. And then she hits her again and she falls down and dies. So they completely filmed that scene where Maggie died. Oh, uh, but wow. Somewhere Jeez. along the line, they just took maybe thought it was too much because she was pregnant. I don't, but yeah, yeah, I don't know the story. And I just got done listening to a podcast with Robert Kirkman um, after, just after this episode aired. And he said they've known who was going to die for months. And I don't really believe him because why did they film that whole scene then? Because yeah. expensive like, prosthetics and blood and all this stuff that costs a lot of money. I think, I think Kirkman at this point has, um, had, had part of his whole thing is he has to throw red herrings and, you know, because on one hand, everybody wants to talk to him, but then again, nobody wants to know what's happening so it's like they're you know they want to know but then again it's supposed you know they want to remain in suspense so he has to kind of like toss these things out like oh could be this could be that you know like wriggling his little fingers you know (laughs) here here i was just hoping that it was like a contract negotiation tactic yeah Mm. so like we're we're filming all your deaths so any of you assholes can go. You know what? Probably, you know, if you don't like, if, if you don't like the way this is going, you know, we've already got you, you know, bonked over the head and taken out. So, you know, just. That's right. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, like, what's just, that? You want a couple thousand dollars more an episode? I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, a bowl of only blue M&M's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want a taco man for craft services? No, you're out. So what do you, first of all, what do you guys think of, some people are contentious about this thing of, should they have left it a, a cliffhanger or should they have just ended the last season with the finality of someone dying or was that a ship move or was it appropriate? Uh, I, I think, I think that the, this season, uh, at least, the, you know, the season premiere, they, from a narrative point of view, the first 20 minutes were such bullshit. Yeah, I agree. They, they they had to falsely build the anticipation with all the little flashbacks and and Negan like saying oh well this happened Rick um and, and you know we've spent all all break in that suspense so for them to like falsely build it back up made me as a viewer feel a little bit betrayed that the opening scene wasn't what happened but they're kind of wasting time yeah then they they really were I mean it was like um because my my thinking was like okay they should have. You know, they probably should have just ended this, you know, okay, so I'll give them the benefit, like one, one death. And then the season premiere could have been the second, the second kill, you know, sort of thing. Because, That's true. You know, because we would have thought, okay, well, it's over with and now they're going to move on and, and, you know, get the revenge and we're going to start that storyline. And then it would have started with the second death and we would have been like, oh my gosh. And, uh, but yeah, I completely agree that there were, <laughs> I was watching and I, I had like, just my hand on my face like i was just so bored um like, okay you know like you know like it's gonna be it's nothing but yeah like rick just looking stunned and negan talking shit like can we just and like black and white flashbacks and then in color flashbacks showing the bats being pointed in people's face yeah yeah again even we, already in random seen. order yeah like, and we've already come on we've already been through that so it's yeah it's like i felt like i was being um not even teased, just emotionally manipulated. <laughs> oh, one thing I yeah. did like, this is a random thought, but people were speculating a lot because they released footage showing Rick with a blood splatter on the side of his face. Mm-hmm. And the person, yeah, the person next to him was Maggie. So people were like, oh, it must be Maggie they killed. But then in that scene, he kills 
it's um i think when either he kills abraham or glenn he then slaps his bat to the right and that's where the blood comes off of his bat and hits rick in the face and they're like right. oh that was pretty cool they did that to psych people out that was kind of neat right yeah they they did like a huge they were like oh and then this pile of brains like you kind of see something that looks like a wedding ring so i'm like wow that, and, yeah, I think that was um, that was the nerdist or something like that. I think was doing that kind of speculation. I was like, no, and I and personally don't like the the nerd conspiracy theorists. You know, I'm just like, you know, let's just wait and see what happens. And you know, like, there's what what are you gaining from you know thinking you have this figured out when you know if you were a fan of the graphic novel, you kind of already knew what was coming. You know, right, right, is what should have been happening. Yeah. I mean, I kind of enjoy the building craziness around fan theories and conspiracies because it makes it more of a mythos and makes the show more exciting. But then you can be really let down with shows like Lost, where none of that shit matters at all because yeah. <laughs> they didn't do anything yeah. with it. Oh, well, I felt a little bit, um, I'd say betrayed, but uh, after he, he killed Abraham, I knew there was another death coming. Mm-hmm. And it's a stupid little thing, but his bat, Lucille... Mm-hmm. did not have nearly enough blood on it compared to what we saw in, like the teaser. In, in other flashbacks and in teasers. So I knew there had to be another death coming. So then it just became a countdown to who it was going to be. Okay. So when that happened in the graphic novel, it was like, like the most, it was really iconic. Like it's going to go down in nerd history. I think I was saying um, in my little write up as, or it is in, it like has its own special place where like people were really shook up by it. And so for them to kind of not do it uh, in the show, I think was, you know, would have been kind of cheap. Um, but man, fucking Daryl. Yeah, everybody, I like that he got a pot shot in. Everybody hate everybody hates Negan. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm upset with with Daryl. Like, if he hadn't have done that, we probably would have still had Glenn. Yeah, That's we absolutely true. would have. Yeah, and now Daryl's not say gone, but he has been taken from the group as well. So now we're down two right hand men. Yeah, right. But and so everybody's saying, oh no, what's going to happen to Daryl? I hope. They chop up Daryl and and mail him to Alexandria or deliver him because that was, I mean that was real BS. He he had to have known. Everybody should have like had to have known like if we make any sort of wrong move or look at this guy wrong, you know we're all dead or something really bad's going to happen. So he, he just up and decks him like oh yeah I'm sure that's going to end really well. Like, With all those guys surrounding you, that's a great idea. Right? I mean, pl- he was my guess. He was my prediction that they were going to kill Daryl because I thought that actor was going to get too big for his britches and he's getting more uh, buzz and more roles. He has his own TV show now on AMC about riding motorcycles across America or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. I was like, yeah. So I was like, they're, he's probably going to get it. And then I was trying to look at the actors and see who's growing their facial hair differently and that kind of thing. And I did see Abraham, his... um handlebar mustache was much longer than it is in the show and i'm mm-hmm. like oh i'm he might be gone but i thought maybe that's just because his hair grew longer as the season went on but eh, maybe that was an indication because he, he gone now he did i mean yeah. i i knew that it it had to be to make an impact like you think of everybody who is lined up there like not to say i don't care about the new survivors like rosie and abraham and you but i don't care about that <laughs> Like, I, I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't care about their characters. The people I care about are like Glenn, Daryl, Maggie. Michonne. Um, Michonne. I knew it wasn't going to be Michonne. I knew it wasn't going to be Rick. I knew it wasn't going to be the kid. 
I thought so that only left three options. I assumed that we would lose either Glenn or Daryl. Yeah. It had to be one or the other to make an impact on the story. Well, and, but, and the thing is that Daryl has that, you know, he has fan armor. Like he, everybody loves mm. Daryl. And, um, I remember when I was working at Universal Studios and this was back when they actually had the premiere parties at the Horror Nights event. And so the cast would be there and they'd go through the maze and, you know, take nice like promo videos and stuff. And there was not a dry pair of pants in the house because all the girls <laughs> knew that Daryl was, you know, like mere feet away from them. Or uh, Norman Reedus, I guess I should say. I'm like, mm, yes, maybe he's settle so, down. He's so synonymous now. He is. He's he's. He's he looks homeless. He <laughs> like grimy and greasy. He reminds me of Johnny Depp these days. Like women shouldn't be attracted to. That. <laughs> well, I f- I feel like on set they must have a makeup person who just puts more hair in his eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Director's yeah. like cut, cut, cut. Wait, wait, wait. Can we get someone in there to put more hair in his eyes, please? We need a more anime look. <laughs> right. Can we get Can we get some fake sweat? Just <laughs> pour sweat all over it, like the top of him, <laughs> importing sweat from like the hottest places in the, on Earth, and just like dump it on him and make his hair all scraggly. Like, stop washing your hair. He's lining There's your. There's a forty-year-old Greek man on set eating heroes just to sweat on him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that guy does. Speaking of sweat, um, on this podcast I was listened to with Robert Kirkman, they asked him in this episode. There's a point where uh, Rick has a big snot bubble that comes out of his, ma- his oh, nose. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's when he's crying over chopping over chopping uh, Carl's hand off. Yeah. And they asked if that was a real snot bubble. And he's like, oh, yes, it is. He's like Andrew Lincoln on another episode when he's asleep in this house and he's injured and Carl and Michonne have to go get stuff to help him. These people come into the house and he hides under a, a table or under a bed. And he's like, wouldn't my character be sweating? Because it's like middle of summer and there's no air conditioner. And the director was like, yeah, he probably would. So he sees Andrew Lincoln go in the corner and start flexing and going, <laughs> that and just trying to sweat he's like hey andrew what are you doing we can just spray you down he's like no no it has to be real i have to be in the moment (laughs) and so like all the sweat you see in that scene is made completely from him just going (laughs) he's gonna just pass out i know it's ridiculous he's like we should just spray you down buddy (laughs) have a blood vessel in his eye Right. Yeah. But they're like, no, no, no. Like my hair has to be stringy and it has to be like, it has to be like sweat drops coming off me. And like, even though it's, we're in Atlanta, I'm wearing a, a heavy, a heavy frilly, like frilly collared coat so I can sweat more. Like, <laughs> yeah. You would never wear that coat in Atlanta. That's ridiculous. No, no, I don't think so. But then, they, so they were also thinking that it was Daryl because of the blanket was kind of cast off to the side in that scene where they showed like the oh, brain yeah. pile. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't really buy that either because yeah, he's just way too popular. But after this, like once the dust settles and people realize like, hmm, that was kind of a dick move there. I'm like, Glenn wouldn't have literally gotten, you know, like his eyeball beaten out if he had just sit down and shut up and. Yeah. Well, how will Maggie feel about this now that he's basically the cause of why Glenn is dead? Well, you know what? And that's why I'm like, why did they take him? Like they should have left him with the group so he could kind of face the consequences of, you know, well, I mean, he, here's the thing that is from a character point of view, uh, Darrow is obviously going to blame himself mm-hmm. for Glenn's death. He's going to know all the things we're talking about. I, I think that Daryl's death is still in the cards for this season. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> is that it will be his redemption moment where he pays back for getting Glenn killed. Right. He's going to, he's kind of going to go out a hero because 
you know, like make one crazy last stand or something. Cause you know, yeah, you know, it's like the, I think the story arc in the comics is like all out war. So that's, that's what it's called. So, you know, it's going to be uh, probably one of the more, I guess, action packed um, arcs in the se- in the show because I mean okay. you can only kill so many zombies before like okay like can we can we kill some regular people please like <laughs> yeah because no, even that scene with Rick and uh, uh, Negan when they go out in the Winnebago mm-hmm. he's just taking out zombies like they're no problem it's like they're basically like an afterthought now they're like oh, these things are so easy to kill whereas we just got done watching Fear the Walking Dead where there's still like a very real scary threat to these people who are not experienced but for somebody like Negan or Rick or Daryl it's like just get out of my way I'm not even threatened by you anymore yeah it's like yeah it, it really is an afterthought and this is the shift between you know, where they, and it's kind of been a running theme, but where, you know, you really do realize that other people are the big danger in this new world and it's not necessarily the walkers anymore. But yeah, he's like, oh, do, 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 I have an axe. I'm going to, you know, hit some zombies in the head and roll around on the floor. And, um, you know, Negan has this high powered automatic rifle and, you know, it's not even a thing. And even, even like the makeup effects, I'm like, oh, okay. Like when he's hanging from that dangle, that hanged zombie and and the, his head's coming off. I'm like, this is boring. Actually, that head coming off looked pretty fake. That was like, the, I took me out of the moment for a second. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the head spider in the thing looked more realistic than. Oh, in the yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be fucking kidding me. See, I thought that you had forgotten the name of the what you were trying to say. <laughs> in the, the, the thing, you know. Head, you know, in the thing. In the thing, the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel. Okay, so I've, I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Did Negan throw the axe on the roof, or did Rick pick it up and throw it up there, and I missed it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I think he threw it on the roof. It just it was weird. They didn't really show that very right, well. Right, because like, Rick was supposed to go get it, and then he ran out, and he got like almost killed. And then ran to the the um, ladder on the back, and I was like, "Well, he didn't get the axe." And then he gets to the top, and the axe is there. And I was like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get the axe, Rick. <laughs> they did not show uh, that very clearly. Okay, but I think so he they, did. He must have thrown it on the roof. Then, okay, I'm not crazy. I didn't miss anything. So, what do we think of this initial dynamic between Negan? It's Negan, Stephen, not Negan. Like me. You can't tell me how I read it in the comics. <laughs> but so what do you fight me? How do we feel about the dive between him and Rick? Like, did you think he actually broke Rick, or is Rick still just kind of like putting it down and like going to bring it out later? Uh, well, I, I think Rick's. I think Rick bro- Rick's broke. Yeah, he, he done broke. Yeah, he because that he was okay with it all the way up until you know they, the whole uh, Carl arm thing. Um. Yeah, but well, okay. So and so, I believe that he was like, okay, like now he's he finally realizes that he's outmatched by this guy and and these people. But then, like after they pack up and left, like he kind of was back to his old like, oh, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that, we still have to go to Hilltop. And so I didn't kind of didn't buy it, but at the same time, it was it was a pretty tense moment. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like like Rick is really defeated. Um, yeah, this guy's pure freaking evil. Yeah, he he's just such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, not, he, he's not even evil. He's just a jerk. <laughs> I kind of backed, I, I was a little bit disappointed that they backed out of the arm thing. Yeah. I understand why, but I was, I, I was like, come on. 
Oh, they actually have a reason like for that. that. They, they said because even in the comics, Rick has his hand missing. Yeah, right, right. From very, too, very early on, Rick yeah, has too his expensive hand to do CGI the whole time in the show. So they had it like narratively, they couldn't do it because it's just expensive. Well, I figured for uh, not not say that Carl is a minor character, but he certainly doesn't. He's not as involved as Rick. So I thought maybe they would transfer it onto Carl. Yeah, poor Carl. Already missing, been shot twice, missing an eye. (laughs) (laughs) He's really hanging on. He'll chop his dick off at this point. He's been through some shit. He really has. He has. Um, Uh, But I I was a little sad they backed down from that. Yeah. But then I I already think that, you know, the whole, you know, he's already got the eye thing. And uh, so I think that was kind of enough. And I was pretty certain that he was going to chop off Rick's hand when he was cleaning the axe with rubbing alcohol. Yeah, I thought yeah. that time too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like they're teasing oh, us with it. Yeah, here it comes, but it makes sense. Like from yeah, from a production standpoint, they're like, oh god, we gotta gotta wrap up Lincoln's arm, or we have to CGI his hand off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. But at the same time, come on, it's the most successful show on TV right now. I mean, they can probably afford some stump, some stump prosthetics, prosthetics or whatever. Or CGI I mean, they, tigers. They did it for Merle. Oh yeah, exactly. For a couple um, episodes. Yeah, he had that but, cool uh, Swiss Army uh, stump. Stump, yeah, Swiss Army stump. <laughs> but and now they, they're also having a CGI tiger this whole season, apparently. That's so. right, King Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. And his tiger. That okay? So, um, spoilers. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed they didn't get into the kingdom at all. At all. I thought at we all. would no, get no, a, none sh- a short glimpse at the end. I thought we would get two minutes at the end. Yeah, no king. Like they actually put out like a promo video showing Morgan and Carol. And Carol's like recovering and there she's kind of, he's like pushing her around the kingdom and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah and he's kind of telling her about it. But um, by the way, where's the baby? Oh, Judith. Judith is. She's back with the priest. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, where the hell is that baby? <laughs> right. I, th- I think it's, the, she's where's with the, the priest. Baby? I think. Can you, can you having the baby kneel down with the rest of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the third episode when Rick realizes they lost the baby. Yeah. By the way, he's lost track have... of everything else. Coral, where's the baby? Yeah. Get in the house. Coral. Stuff. <laughs> no, Judith. Uh, but yeah, they, yeah they, I think that would be great. They're just like driving to Hilltop to make sure like Maggie gets the carrot she's looking for. And then he goes, oh, shit, Judith. I'm like, completely. Left in the woods. Yeah. We left Judith. Like, um, Fourth episode is Judith is a feral child being raised by a dog. <laughs> like, like jumping from tree to tree. <laughs> <laughs> like Tarzan baby. Right. Like, yeah. like dropping on onto unsuspecting walkers and eating them. Like I'm sure that'll be season eight. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. S- season eight will be uh yeah, nothing nothing but Judith. It'll just be like very baby centric. So um, if it's think about it, not much happened this episode. So he no. kills a person, he takes Rick on a little drive in the on the thing and then brings him back. And that's it. That's the whole that's twenty minutes dedicated to recap uh-huh. and flashbacks. Yeah, twenty minutes dedicated to close up of Rick's face while he sweated and breathed hard, right? And boogers, <laughs> and then twenty minutes of plot, yes. right? So that you know, a third of the episode for each of those things. So yeah, not much happened. No, no, and that was you know from from like um, like yeah, just like a, 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 the standpoint of a you know hopefully critical thinking viewer. I'm just like really, that's it. You know, like a bunch of, and it wasn't even like, it, and it was fluff, but it was like mean fluff. Like, I didn't really need to see um, all of the characters getting bonked in the head. Like, right. Like, oh, it could happen to you. Could I, you know, like. Yeah. Don't think about what has happened. Think about what could still happen. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. We get it. 
But yeah, you don't need you, you don't need to bash like a pregnant lady in the head. You know, you don't need to film that. Um, you also don't need to show us um, Abraham and and Glenn with his beautiful child and like sitting at the table and they're all wearing like like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they had, like they're all wearing comfy sweaters. Like <laughs> Jesus, that was. I mean, I had gotten over like not gotten over it, but I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, all right, this is who died. They're dead. Let's move forward. Nope, nope. They're, they're having Thanksgiving dinner, or Christmas dinner, or whatever, and everything's okay. Like, like, look at this glorious vision of what could have been. Um, and apparently, besides that, the only other time they've had like dream sequences is maybe Rick seeing Lori after she was already yeah. dead, mm-hmm. and then there was one flashback with um, Michonne and her family. Oh, uh huh. Oh, that's right. And yeah, other yeah, yeah, there's been no other scenes like that in the whole show. I don't. Yeah, think. it was. It was really like. It was really cruel, and it was like not like a a device that they use very often. So it was like it kind of stuck out as weird to me that they were doing that in the first place. It was odd. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they gave uh, Glenn that that last little line. Well, what line was that? Oh, the Maggie, I'll uh, find the, the, you. Ma- Maggie, I'll find you. It's yeah. more like that was, that, Maggie, it was, he, he said enough. <laughs> That it seemed realistic that he may still be able to think that with his head half bashed. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but not so articulate that you're like, he wouldn't be able to say that. Come on. Yeah. He's, so yeah. Gross. he's not going to, he's not going to be quoting Shakespeare. You know? <laughs> no, no, it was a nice, it was a nice send off line. For yeah. That it, and so there's also, there's other promotional videos like AMC videos where, um, and I think this got me more emotional than the actual episode, but it's where, both uh, Steve Young and Michael Cudlitz are kind of saying bye and thank you to the fans. And like, as they're recording the video, like diff- the different members of the cast and the crew are like coming by and like kissing them and hugging them and, and all this. I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was really sad because you could see just, it wasn't even that like, you know, oh, they died and it was horrible, but you can just see how much they really enjoyed being a part of the show. Um. Especially Stephen Young, who's been there since the beginning. Since the beginning, and it made it made him. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and the, so that know, was, the, the guy who plays Abraham has been in things. a slew of things yeah. over the years. Yeah, just also Mighty Ducks three and Band of Brothers, just to name two. Really, oh, yeah, that. I'm sure he's cashing those Mighty Ducks checks still too. Damn right. <laughs> but um, we'll see. I because I follow um, I follow a few people from the show on Instagram and Steve Young was posting just like different little film, like documentary projects or something that he's doing. So I'm like, Oh, so a couple months ago, I was like, yeah, he's probably dead. If he's doing all these things, same thing with uh, Emily Kinney uh, had ramped up a lot of her like music posting and things like that. Um, oh so yeah. I, I can't stand her music. <laughs> she's she's got a pretty band. voice, but just so indie. Like, am I going to sing about how hard my white life is? Uh, <laughs> it's just like, the I white blues. Yeah, she wears like hipstery clothes and stuff. I'm just like, I can't. I see, can't. But she's so cute, though. I she's mean, she's very I, cute. She's on. Well, she's on that other show, that Conviction show, or something like that. Or oh, yeah, it's on Channel. It's on ABC. It's one of the ABC shows. Um, gotcha. But uh, who else did? Oh, um, but I also I follow Lauren Cohan, and I think um, she didn't. She was really good about not posting anything, any spoiler thing, but. Uh, yeah, Steve was like, oh, look at all these things that I'm doing now that I have all this time on my hands. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, well now they have lots of time for conventions and make oh, money the right. rest of their lives. Well, yeah, so he can join um, Michael Rooker, who's like at every 
But oh, he's yeah. also he's also like there for like Guardians of the Galaxy since he's part of that. But yeah, Michael Rooker's at every convention. Um, so at, at Dragon Con, the convention I go to every year, it's the biggest one in the Southeast, and it's filmed. It's in Atlanta, so it's like right where Walking Dead is filmed, and they're actually exiled from Dragon Con forever now because for two years in a row, all the Walking Dead cast and stuff kept showing up like a half hour late to their panels and stuff. Oh, really? So finally, the Dragon Con administration was like, you guys aren't welcome back. Like, we pay you so much money and you don't show up to your panels. They would miss their autograph sessions and stuff. It was really weird because, like, they're good people. It seemed really nice. But for some reason, they just, I guess they were partying too much because they're in their hometown or their filming town. So they just <laughs> would never show up. So they're, they're banned forever from Dragon Con. Andrew Lincoln's just hung over like, oh, fuck, I gotta... <laughs> Do this nerd shit. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you people. I don't want to talk to you people. No, I. So again, like at Universal Studios, and they would come through the maze. Like they had an open bar at this premiere thing. So, oh, um, yeah, it was a couple of times. Uh, yeah, Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus came through the maze, and they're just laughing their asses off and just staggering through. So I, I, I bet you they liked it. Yeah, uh, a few and, drinks here and there. Yeah, yeah, and so, and I remember. Um, like the first time, um, God, I'm already playing. Norman came through. He was like, hiding behind Chandler Riggs. <laughs> Carl. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I, they seem like they're, they're fun people. So I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I, they're just having too right. much fun. A little too. All yeah. right. So now, now let's get to the best part of the discussion. Let's speculate wildly about what the rest of the season has to hold. Yeah. Uh, uh, CGI Tigers. And, yes, and like our like full episodes of talking about what they're going to do to save. Uh, the there's fish. also a confirmed oh, yeah. a giant tiger puppet of some sort that will be used. Uh, Shiva, yeah, I right, actually so they did, part they, CGI part puppet. You, they, yeah, well, either the thing is it could have been a stand-in. Nobody has been able to confirm whether it was actually a fully formed puppet to be used or something to be in place of the tiger that would eventually. How, many, how, how much do you think a tiger costs? Like. And An who makes that tiger? phone call? Yeah, like some, <laughs> like some flunky, some like production assistants, like calling like local shelters and zoos. Like, do you guys have any tigers? <laughs> <laughs> Not legally. <laughs> do you, Do you have any that won't kill everyone? Right. Yeah. Mm. No, they're probably on the phone with like like a Colombian drug lord or something like that. Like, por favor, <laughs> or can s- we borrow your tiger? <laughs> Or Siegfried and Roy. They're not really yeah, doing much they, these They've days. got some tigers that take, are no, reliable. Takes a, takes a tiger. We are, we are sick of this thing. <laughs> or Mike Tyson. He has some tigers. <laughs> no, Mike right. Tyson has pigeons. Oh, he's, that too. He's got pigeons. Uh, he's the, the, the bird man of Alcatraz. I got rid of all my tigers. Now he's got pigeons. <laughs> pigeons. They're nicer. They're, they're much nicer. Oh, God. Uh, um, yeah, but I think it's going to... Okay, so... Again, I was I was gonna say earlier, like major spoilers. Um, the tiger dies. Mm. So in the yeah, comic, yeah, because of course the tiger dies. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, so I, I'm uh, I can't really remember. It's been a while since I read that issue, but um, the tiger jumps in to save Ezekiel from like a horde of walkers, and then she ends up. Um, she's the one that gets killed, eaten, slash, but oh. that to me was harsh was harder for me to get through than um than Glenn's death because that tiger's really cool. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah. This season there's gonna be some tiger kills and so I'm that's what I'm looking forward to most. Now if Steven doesn't mind, because I haven't read the comics, um I'm gonna ask, does Negan die yet in the comics? Hmm. Uh, what I'm to understand, Negan goes on to be a pretty major character for a good while. See, and that's I read the arc and then I stopped reading the comics. So I'm actually like behind on 
what happens post Savior War. Uh, but um, it's that that is going to be. I think that remains to be seen because in the in the comics in the graphic novel, um, because of like Glenn's sort of. Uh, his, cause his whole thing was, you know, like forgiveness and, and like he forgave that guy that, uh, almost got him killed. Um, yeah. Or that guy oh, that, that, got, uh, that got yeah. Noah killed. He like forgave him and tried to like help him become like a, an effective member of the group. And so it was like, like the revenge thing is sort of, I think that's up in the air because he, they don't kill Negan. They imprison him. Oh. Um, yeah. And that's more. I guess that's worse for him because he has to like, he knows that he's beaten and that, you know, they're not going to kill him because that's not what Glenn would have wanted to have happen. Uh, so he kind of like, that's sort of more insulting to him than if they were to actually have said, Oh, well you lose. Bam, bam, you're dead. Well, I see where it's going then already. Cause, uh, that prison cell that Morgan's been building all last season <laughs> yeah. hasn't been used yet. So that's perfect. That's place, right. Perfect you're place. To put right. Negan. Yeah, exactly. So that's, and that, um, yeah, I already kind of, when I saw that scene where he's like making the gates and was like, aha, all right. So that's, you know, for us that are, that have read that far, like we already knew kind of what was coming, but, um, we'll see if they go that direction. That'd be interesting. Is Morgan still around the comics? Ma, no, Morgan, Morgan is dead. I believe. Oh. Yeah. Morgan's an amalgamation of, I think like two other characters. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. But he was shacking up with Michonne. And oh. then I th- yeah, and then I think he died, and then she started shacking up with Ezekiel, um, in that arc. Yeah, wasn't 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 he like a, a one of the prisoners? It's like an ex NFL football player or something like that. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and then when they meet the prisoners, then they end up shacking up together in a cell. Right. Why well, um, they have be black people all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, I think um, they okay. The governor doesn't kill him. I forgot how he dies. Um, I'll have to, I'm, I'm actually now, now that we're going to be talking about this, I have to like catch up on the, on the comic. Um, but (laughs) I definitely think that, um, I'm really excited for Shiva tiger killing. I'm excited for, uh, Jesus because he's like all, all kinds of ass kicking badass. Um, and he plays a pretty major role in like the taking of, I don't even know what the saviors call their compound or whatever. Yeah. Right. You they, haven't fully unle- they haven't fully unleashed Jesus yet, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, we've gotten little glimpses here and there, but we don't, yeah. Yeah, he's a sneaky He's got dude. some sort of special, tra- I want to know why the hell he has all this special training and can do all these things. Right, yeah, he, yeah he's like the kung fu hippie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that was like real Jesus, right? Kung fu right, hippie? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kung, kung fu zombie hippie. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> who, who will, who will kick your ass and then forgive you of your sins. <laughs> You're forgiven. <laughs> Jesus. Back with a vengeance. <laughs> Action Jesus. <laughs> what about you, Steve? What do you predict will happen? Um, I think we're going to see the largest human-on-human battle that we've seen. Yeah, right. human-on-human action. Uh, I like it. Even, even, even compared to, like, the prison take. Right, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I think that we have at least two major, two major character deaths left. And I, I'll put a, a buck on it right now that Daryl dies. A dollar. Mm. A second, either second to last or the last episode of this season. Uh, let's see. I'll say Aaron dies because no one will care. <sighs> no, he's, yeah, I don't care about any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is the he's the like last 
Him and his boyfriend are the last surviving gay people in the apocalypse. You can't kill them. <laughs> the well, only they ones can't left. keep killing off black people because they just do that all the damn time on this show. <laughs> yeah, They're like, yeah I, 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 can, I can already see that casting call. Like, looking for an uh, 18 to 34-year-old black man for two episodes or one <laughs> <Yeah>. season <laughs> or whatever. Like, You're also wearing a red shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're also wearing a red shirt and you are going to be woefully... Uh, like unaware of wandering zombies so you can get bitten in the arm. I'm pretty sure they have killed off five like black characters, black male characters at this point. T-Dog. I'm thinking about it now. T-Dog, T-Dog Tyrese. Uh, Tyrese, Tyrese the prisoner. Right. Noah. Bob. Uh, Bob. Bob. And then the kid. Yeah. The limp. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about Bob. Poor Bob. Yeah, Don't Bob, forget about Bob. Bob was cool. Bob was... What about Bob? What about, what about Bob? <laughs> But, um, but yeah, they just keep killing them off. They can't keep doing that shit. No, they really can't. I think they. I think Morgan is the last black character they have, and the the preacher. No, Morgan and the priest. Oh, Morgan, the priest, Michonne. I'm so. I am horrible. Um, <laughs> it's okay. The priest will be next. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. Oh, you After okay, so gonna be the, he's going to be the baby's first kill when she goes feral. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to like uh, it's going to be one of those uh, like a train spotting thing where like he's going to go to check on her and he won't be able to find her and she'll be on the ceiling like waiting for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna you're going to go with Daryl and and a ran- uh-huh. and a and a random black character even even like Morgan or <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. Oh. I'd say Daryl and uh, and Rosie. No, no, they, uh-uh. I will quit the show if they yep. kill off Rosita. Yep, I, I bet you uh, he's doing it for she, Rosie. She had she had vengeance in her eyes after Abraham. No, well, so, okay, so she'll she'll die early. My, so so in in this arc in the comic, like Andrea is not dead, or she wasn't dead at that point in the comic. I don't know if she is now in in the in the comics, but. Um, Andrea becomes like quite the marksman and um, like headshots. I don't know how many saviors like throughout the, that whole battle. So I'm guessing that's where they're going to take Rosita is she's going to become like this, like full metal jacket badass and like climb up for the bell tower and just pot shot a bunch of saviors. And Well, I mean, if you're talking about that setup, though, then it would be more make more sense for it to be um, Maggie. Oh, what's her name? Ma- yeah. No, not Maggie. See, she has to. She has to. Uh, Carissa's sister. Oh, what the um, her name? Oh, what is her name? Ooh. Uh, Tyrese's sister. Sandy. <laughs> Sasha. Sandy, sure. Sasha. Thank Sasha. you. Sasha. Yeah. That makes more sense for Sasha because she is already one hell of a shot and they've shown her off as a marksman. Also true. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's if they a good point. She's already set up for that. Yeah. So maybe maybe that'll and be And she also got hit hard from Abraham's death. And right. she's also black. Mm. There we go. Yeah. All right. So we, That's I'm, glad, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, but that was, I think that was a little weird, not weird, but um, they both kind of had to admit that, you know, what was going on when she knelt down and told Rosita that she was going to take Abraham to bury him at Hilltop. Um, so that was sort of like the moment of solidarity, I guess, between the two of them. That's like their, um, they're probably going to bond over that. I think. Uh, no, I'd love no to see more. all these badass women go and take the saviors on their own, with, like machine guns, like and Maggie holding her baby in her arms, freshly born, <laughs> right. and just like shooting she's down like, the saviors. Yeah, she's got like she's going to do the one-handed, um, like Sarah Connor shotgun, like yep. loading and like 
breastfeeding in, in the other arm. Like, you have Carol and next the baby, to her. Throwing... The baby while breastfeeding is just throwing shurikens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Carol's next to her throwing grenades and stuff. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Carol's going to get the minigun. And then pretending pretending to be like a coy woman and then stabbing guys. Yeah. Yep. I like that was like her go-to trick in this last season. Right. Oh, I'm helpless. I'm so defenseless. <laughs> See, and okay, so I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you on the Daryl death. I think yes. that this whole, uh, this battle that's coming up is going to be too much for Carol. Like, she's going to go psycho and kill like she needs to kill, but then at the end of it, she's going to be like, all right, and like, in some sort of heroic sacrifice, like, get killed herself or, like, put herself in between her, like, the saviors and another character to save them because, I yeah. The whole, like, it's taking its toll on her. Like, they set that up already. She has a little book where she keeps track of all the people that she killed, and it's just pages and pages. Of- <laughs> See, I, I don't think that I don't think that they can take Carol and Daryl in the same season to have the audience forgive them. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, they're, I think they're, they're too well liked. And they both, they, and they have their own, like, special bond, I think. But Well, it's like what my wife actually, when we watched it, she said, do you think that Maggie's going to lose the baby? And I said, no, they wouldn't do that to the audience. No, no. After, after losing Glenn, if they, if the baby went, the whole audience would just go, well, fuck this shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too rough. I mean, and they, okay. They already showed this, this, this mixed parentage, beautiful baby in this, in this, uh, Thanksgiving alternate reality. Oh yeah. Um, That's right. They did. So. You know, or may, maybe the baby was like the the third um, death or something like that. Like, oh, just kidding. Like, there's Abraham and Glenn and then also dead baby. Dead baby. No, I, I think that they know they have the audience hanging on by just a string. And if they cut that string, they're, fucked, they're done. Yeah. Like, I, and I've read some stuff online and there's a lot of people that are upset about this this episode. Like, they couldn't see it coming. Well, it, it was that, and then they're saying that it's just straight bad television to, like, like kick us while we're down like that. Sort of like what I was saying about, you know, showing the actors getting hit in the head and, um, you know, that whole sadistic arm, Carl, Carl arm thing. And I don't know, but at the same time, I think if they had just, if they had just killed Abraham, I would have also felt betrayed as a viewer. Yeah. Like if they had stopped Abraham, I'd been like, well, what the hell did we worry all off season four? Right. Who the hell cares about redhead guy? I, I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, okay. So my thing with him is he's a little too greedy. Like Rosita is like one of the hottest women alive in any show ever. Um, Let alone in a zombie apocalypse where most women are dead. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's, there's slim pickings. Sasha herself is, I think she's really pretty too. And for him to be like, oh, well, you know, this, this Rosita thing ain't working out. I'm, I'm kind of tired of the, the Latina. I'm going to, you know, bag me this, this hot black chick. Like, <laughs> you're getting <laughs> too greedy, really show much of a reason why he left her either. No, they, no, they really didn't. He just literally was just bored of her. And yeah, like, they used to have, they had that one discussion where he's like, a, for a long time, I thought you were the only woman in the world. And I'm like, but now you're not. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah. it's like, what, what the hell? Yeah. Look at look at all this tail I could be chasing, but I'm stuck here with you. Like, That's crazy big redneck saying that. Yeah, and so I'm like, whoa, you're yeah, you're a little too greedy. Like, poor uh, poor what's his name? Eugene's never gonna get laid for the rest <laughs> of his life, you know. And He's find another special Asperger's lady. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was gonna be the the nurse. 
The one that got the arrow in the head? Oh, yeah, but she was oh, yeah. a lesbian. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I, st- I think it's still time for it to be the stock lady, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sort of pudgy stock woman. I think there's still time for her and Eugene to, uh, and, to make yeah, be- to, beautiful, mulleted babies. Yeah, m- <laughs> mulleted, frumpy little children. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> With, <laughs> who are high-functioning autistic geniuses. All right, so if we have to wrap this up and give this uh, out of five stars, what are we all giving it? Three and a half. I'm going to give it four stars. That's exactly what I expected. All right. right yeah, like, exactly what I expected, but content-wise, I have to take one star off. Yeah. and I could They could have cut the first 20 minutes off the episode, and I would have been okay. And then as far as, like, just emotional abuse, I have to all take another half a star off because, yeah, <laughs> really did not enjoy the whole dinner scene i was completely fine it wasn't crying but i felt tears when i saw it i was like you fucking bastard that's what a man who cried says (laughs) i was fine i definitely wasn't crying not cry at all no i no i will fully admit when i cry and i got weepy when i saw that the goodbye videos those you know the the actors thanking the audience and stuff like that i was like i did get weepy then uh, I was I was also I was also drunk, so that's probably <laughs> Well, I definitely didn't shame eat myself to sleep that night. So <laughs> we all have our vices. <laughs> Did you wake up and were there like Twinkie wrappers like under your chin? I said it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, oh excuse- <laughs> so I give it uh, four and a half stars because I really really liked it, and that scene of them at the dinner table. Even though I hear people's complaints about it being cheesy and out of place, it's still I did tear up. I'll fully admit it. And I was like, "Am I tearing up right now? I think I am." And then, uh, so I just think it was effective. I think if they did too much more in this first episode, it wouldn't be cathartic enough, and we would have been too distracted. So I'm glad they only did what they did. And I think all next episode will probably be in uh, Ezekiel and all that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was very happy with it. So good job, Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, I mean, I was, I already am too emotionally invested to say that I'm not going to watch the show anymore. Um, of course. Right. And I'm I'm already in too deep. Um, but I think it's going to be a really good season. I think it's going to be highly rated. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to tune in just because of the fact that everybody hates... <laughs> they can they can just call the show Everybody Hates Vegan. Yeah. Um, uh, and just... They, people are going to tune in to see what happens with him and the saviors. And um, he gets worse. He is such a, ba- a bastard. And the whole, the, the social structure of the saviors is awful. Um, and I don't know if they're going to get into this because they shied away from it with the governor mm-hmm. and Maggie, but he basically sees a woman and he has his way with her. Like there's just oh, no, gosh. there's no getting around it. And if she's seeing somebody and you know, in, in this savior, like, it's too bad. It's just too bad. Um, the guy that has Daryl's jacket. Um, Dwight. Oh, yes, Dwight. Yeah. Uh, when we find out why his face is like that, that's another reason why nobody's going to like Negan. Um, yeah. It's gonna he be took his wife. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a, a th- I fr- and I think he tried to say something about it. So they, Negan burnt his face with a hot iron. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah, and so that's sort of, but that's their um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. That's kind of spoilers. The, the group's leverage against the saviors. That's how they kind of get the inside information, because uh, Dwight, you know, we 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 come to find out that he's actually really butthurt about the whole 
uh, girlfriend thing and the whole he burnt my face thing. So he kind of betrays Negan. Mm, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's sort of, that's the chink in the armor, so to speak. Uh, but yeah. That's racist. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That is. <laughs> can, can we edit that? I'm, no, I'm just that, kidding. I, I, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need hate mail or, or my, my self-esteem is already in the toilet. I don't need, I don't know. You're giving us too much credit. No one ever emails us. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I don't, hey, we, I don't get, need, uh, we get Facebook posts. That's what we get. Every now and then. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need, I don't need people blowing up my Twitter, like calling me a racist. Well, we look forward to uh, more reviews as the season progresses. And uh, thanks for being with us today, Jerry. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I'm super amped for this season. We're going to talk a bunch of shit. Me too. It's going to be good. <laughs> Thanks again, Jerry, for joining us and discussing Walking Dead. We're excited to see what happens in the season to come uh, and to speculate more wildly with you in the future. Absolutely. And keep an eye out for his reviews. You can find the website uh, for each episode that comes out. Usually coming out the next day or the day after that. Um, But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I guess that moves us on to trailer reviews. Here to Play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> and our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. Nope, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good. Could be bad. Not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks of see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. So which one do you want to talk about first? Uh... Let's go with the... I'm going to talk about the one that baffles me a little bit. Okay. And that is Arrival. Not the Arrival, but just Arrival. Arrival. Yep. There are days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. Signs of what might be called first contact. The objects measure at least... I'm Colonel G.T. Webb from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they're calling the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. 
That's where we go in. It's done. Yeah, that just happened. between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. Got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Uh, and it seems to be about a linguist who is drawn into the government's world when uh, large alien craft show up uh, and try to communicate with mankind. And it becomes, are they here peacefully? Are they here to destroy? And she has to figure out how to communicate between mankind and this, this alien. Right. Um, and what baffles me about this is that there are a lot of Oscar-winning or Oscar-nominated actors in it. Mm -hmm. um, it has a very serious tone, from what we can see, and it's being released in Oscar season, like prime Oscar season. Yeah. So I don't know if the studios truly believe that a sci-fi film could get nominated. Well, here's the thing. This is why I could break new ground. Because it stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. That's what he's talking about. Oscar nominated. I think all of them have been. Um, uh, and Forrest Whitaker won. Oh, yeah. And he's won for that uh, he, the king in Africa. It was uh, it, uh, the last king of Scotland. Last king of Scotland. Right. Um, but that's the thing. It's directed by the same guy who did Sicario and Prisoners, which are two very serious, very dark, very grounded movies. Both had Oscar buzz on them. And so the fact that he's going to direct this sci-fi movie, I think... What also is happening is we're seeing the preview making it look like a blockbuster kind of alien movie, but it's actually much more about the people and more subdued than it appears in the trailer, if I had to guess. Hence why yes. Oscar season. Yeah. Um, but that's it just. I I hope they pull it off. I would love to see a sci fi film get it's it's just desserts. Absolutely. Did, um, that doesn't friggin happen. Do you think Close Encounters of the First or Third Kind did that one get any nominations besides technical um, ones? Let's see, because that might be the only one that might have, you know, changed that in the last like fifty years. Anyway, let's see what we got. So Close Encounters only got a Best Cinematography Award. Yeah, I mean it got lots of technical awards, but um, like Best Original Score, it did get Best Supporting Actress from Melinda Dillon. Oh, and Best Director. Oh, nominee. Those are both nominees. So they didn't win that. So they only won Best Cinematography and Special Achievement Academy Award. Right, and it's not crazy for a for a sci-fi film to win Best Sound Editing, Best Visual Effects. Right, like that, exactly. that happens. But if they could get some, you know, Amy Adams for Best Lead Female, 
Right. And maybe a best picture nom now that they're doing 10. I would be blown away that a sci-fi film was considered because so often even very seriously toned and well done sci-fi films are just ignored. Right. And like if this could do that, it maybe would finally make people stop making giant blockbuster, you know, sci-fi movies and just like make them tone down a bit and make them try to be really well acted, great story, good script and stop trying to like, you know, blow up the White House every single time. And that, or better yet, the Golden Gate Bridge, which gets destroyed yes. in every movie. Um. Oh, well, I, I still haven't let it go that Sam Rockwell was not nominated for Moon. Oh, God, I love Moon. Which was written off because it was a sci-fi film, but, like, that man made me cry. Yeah, and he had to play... Watching that movie. Like, every gamut of emotion ever in that movie. And he did it so two well. Two different characters in a not Eddie Murphy kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And there are definitely funny mo- moments in that movie, but not, like... But there are just some heartbreaking, heart-wrenching moments, too. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Uh, yes. So, apparently, it was nominated. What, Moon was? No, yeah, it wasn't award, nominated for anything for the Oscars. Yeah, Academy of Science Fiction, a bunch of film festivals. BAFTAs, which are the big ones in Europe, so at least they got some for that. Um, yeah. yeah, so if you haven't seen Moon... Check out Moon. Sam Rockwell will rock your world and break your heart. And he'll do it well. Um, So (laughs) for this one, I'm going to give it a take a look. Actually, I'll give it a get the couch ready only because uh, shut up and take my money is harder for me to say, knowing that there I probably will not be able to go see the film in theaters because of the baby. (laughs) Well, it's just getting harder for me to imagine if I could give this movie my money, I would. (laughs) <laughs> right with that caveat yes yeah for me i'll say shut up and take my money and i'm not saying it's because of aliens but aliens but aliens <laughs> that's why it's a shut up and take my money and amy adams i've always had a soft spot in my heart for her she's adorable uh, i think she's an awful lois lane but she's uh great and everything else she does i i do not care for her piggy nose oh she's so cute Ugh. And her and Enchanted, that's one of my favorites of all time. She's just adorable, like Disney princess. She's my favorite sure. Disney princess. <laughs> no, thank you, Amy Adams. Well, that's more for me. You're so someone's our- <laughs> cup of tea, not mine. <laughs> it's a delicious cup of tea. Yeah. So uh, for our next movie, we're checking out Logan, the uh, next Wolverine flick, the last Wolverine flick in this particular universe. That's right. The last one that Hugh Jackman will be ever be in, at least from what I'm to understand. And the last uh, X-Men movie that Patrick Stewart will be a part of as well. Oh, good for him. Yeah. I'm done with this, finally. I'm done. <laughs> he does look pretty damn haggard in the preview. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I mean, look awful. It reminds me of how they did uh, Ian McKellen in that recent Sherlock movie. He played Sherlock Holmes in his 90s, and they like added old age makeup to Ian McKellen. <laughs> he looked terrible. <laughs> Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. What is she? Beneath the stains She's like you. Of time. Very much like you. The feelings disappear. She needs our help. You are... Someone to come along. Someone has come along. Logan, you still have time.
I think this looks promising. I'm my heart is guarded because studios ruin things all the time. Yes, but yes, the trailer's slow and gritty looking in, a, in an actual good filmmaking kind of way. Uh, they use that Johnny Cash cover of that Cure song. Uh, I hurt myself today, mm-hmm. uh, and just looks like a very different approach. He's not uh, Wolverine's not healing like he should be anymore. He's getting older. Like yeah, per- not as well as he used to, at least. Right. He's got scars, which he shouldn't have, and he's bleeding, and he's like, his hands are shaking. Uh, what I obviously don't understand where the hell this fits in the timelines that they've made, because I'm so confused at this point. Because how is Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier still alive if it's that far in the future? Right, right, right. Because in theory, because they do have established how old he is. Like, unfortunately, they did that. And he's like 108 years old or something. Did they in, say that? In like one of the earlier movies. Mind you, if we're going off of the, the fact that the Wolverine movie exists. Right. He fought in like the Civil War, right? Oh, you mean uh, Wolverine's age? Okay, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like a couple so, hundred years old or something like that. Yeah, so the idea is that he's like 116, but he looks like he's 40. So in theory, even in 50 more years, he should only look like he's 55 or so. So how the hell is Patrick Stewart? He looks like he's 60. So how so Patrick Stewart's like 145 then? Is that what we're doing? The problem is that what they were given to understand is that uh uh Eric Reckner or whatever the name of um Magneto, he was a child in World War II. So he's he's supposed to be on the same age as Professor Xavier, especially since we saw all these new first class movies. So if he's a child in World War II, that means he was maybe born in We'll give him 1940 for being generous. So that means he'd be 76, maybe 76 in this current year. So if it's 20 years in the future, he'd be 86. I guess that kind of works. Yeah, better than I thought it would have. Oh, you mean 96? You said 76. He was 76. So 20, he'd be 76 now. Right. So you said 20 years in the future, he'd be 86. He'd be 96. 96. Thank you. So if he could be, yeah, if that's Patrick Stewart looking about 96 years old. Sure. Sure. But then why does why does Logan look so, so much older than? Well, maybe because he's age just started catching up to if he aged 20 years, if it's 20 years in the future, say we're just guessing. Right. And he stopped. He started to age 20 years ago from this movie. Then that's about accurate. He looks like he's about his age in real life in this movie. True. There's not. Yeah, I always think of him in like dog years. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's, it's suddenly his powers are degenerating right exponentially degenerating. So, like, he would age pretty quickly, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Hopefully they try to explain it. True. Uh, but, yeah, we don't know much about any of the other characters. Um, we know that Stephen Merchant is playing Caliban, who I think is like a mutant that can track other mutants, if, if uh, my yeah. internet research is correct. Sounds right. Um, and then the little girl who's supposed to be playing X-23, who has some sort of line in the Marvel Universe. She's supposed to be a clone of Wolverine. A female, oh. a female clone in the comics, anyways. Okay. Um, but we don't know much more than that. That's when Patrick Stewart says, she's like you. She's very much like you. Very much like you. <laughs> I think that means that she's basically a clone of him. Maybe his daughter. Mm. Maybe, huh? Jean Grey. Mm. Somehow she had a baby before he died. She died. She's a phoenix. She can do whatever. Yes, true. Plus, I don't know what timeline we're on anymore. I have so no she can idea. Still be her life. In theory, <laughs> that's the next movie in the past. Will be 
a revamp of the Phoenix saga. Uh, so confusing. Just well, give it up and restart. They screwed it up once. So they, if they get it even a little bit more right this time, they'll be better off. I guess so. I mean, there's still X-Men The Last Stand was so bad. I enjoyed Apocalypse okay. It was like entertaining. I enjoyed Apocalypse too. I, I did. Yeah. First, and First Class and Days of Future Past are both are killer. Absolutely. I like uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Hamming, hamming it up. <laughs> But uh, I think it's, if it's, it's, it does turn out to, to be a good movie, it's great because they're finally giving these good actors, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, like good dialogue, not silly dialogue. They can actually have a chance to really act. That'd be pretty darn cool. Yeah. I don't think Patrick Stewart's going to be in much of the movie. I bet he dies in like the first 10 minutes. Well, yeah. At one point they show Logan covered in blood holding a shovel, and I'm assuming that he just buried the professor. Yeah, I have to imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, this one gets a, once again, a hypothetical shut up and take my mind. <laughs> Very good. Oh, what do you think of the rated R business? Cause can they, is that just piggybacking off of Deadpool or is it because it really needed to be radar? I think that to tell the story, they wanted the way they wanted to tell it. And this looks like a much more gritty than the last two Wolverine movies, which were comical and kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, I think to tell the story they wanted to tell, it had to be R. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's definitely shove and take my money for me, too. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah shove and take Logan. my money. I love Patrick Stewart, too. I'll see him in anything. That's right. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. So, for our... Thank you section. Ooh, thank yous. We've got a couple things here. I'm not sure if you saw this, but Daniel Hitch on Facebook uh, commented on our last episode. He said, on the Facebooks? Yeah, he said, congratulations, Steve, to your wife, to you and your wife on the great news about Joyce. Good to see you guys back in my podcast feed. Thank Isn't God. That nice. That's wonderful. Um, and also from Jeanette McNeil Jones, an old friend of me and Steve's from back in high school. Uh, who I had no idea listened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No clue. <laughs> she commented, Clickhole was launched by The Onion to mock clickbait viral sensations, uh, which is what we talked about last episode with the Muppets looking like women of color. <laughs> that horrible article. So, so the good news is, is that we weren't supposed to get it. I know. And I didn't know it was a satirical website. I had no clue. <laughs> so that makes me so much happier. And that's why it's so much fun. That wasn't real. <laughs> And she sent us, she goes, and they won my heart with this little beauty. And she sent a video that Clickhole had shared. And it says, beautiful. This video shows why we need diversity in Hollywood. Now more than ever, the calls for Hollywood to be more representative in the racial diversity of America need to be answered. Fortunately, we no longer have to wonder just what the inspirational future might look like. Because this incredible video shows the beautifully diverse Hollywood we need and deserve right now. Watch below and get ready to become an agent for change. And did you watch this video? I did watch the video. It was astounding. It's a video of them basically presenting Morpheus from the Matrix as all these different races and men and women and someone in a wheelchair. <laughs> and they all come out one at a time dressed as Morpheus. A woman in a job and everything. <laughs> and hold out the red pill and the blue pill. And then the rest of it is them literally unveiling the red pill and the blue pill to each other, to the camera, just over and over and over It makes again. no sense. And it gets funnier as it goes on. It's playing inspirational oh. music in the background. 
<laughs> they keep offering each other the pills. It just goes on. This is so stupid. Well, the best, the thing that makes it brilliant is how serious it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. How'd they explain that to these actors who are in that shoot? Like, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't know, but they all obviously knew what the vision was. They all got it right. I guess so. So, yeah, from now on, I'm going to enjoy Clickhole a lot more. Oh, man. And it makes me feel so much better about that terrible article. <laughs> That, now it's a wonderful article. It is now wonderful. All right. Well, that about covers it for this lovely episode of we'll Play on Nerds, episode 67. Thanks again to Jerry for joining us and more importantly, for all the awesome writing he has done for us over the past months. Indeed. Keep it up. Some of our, our most read posts are yours, Jerry, and we appreciate it. In the meantime, if you keep coming back, we'll keep talking about nerdy and off the wall stuff. As always, we've been your co-hosts. You've been our audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash a play on nerds. Or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at a play on nerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash a play on nerds. Fun videos and stuff to check out youtube.com slash play on nerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.aplayonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dicks or, or tumblr <laughs> tumblers periscopes uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it carrier pigeons we accept cassette tapes <laughs> i love cassette tapes we just want to hear from you yes please send us anything you like at any social media outlets however you do it check us out and how oh there you go yeah so you can at least die on a mattress there's no honor in dying on a futon Right. <laughs> no, yeah, at, at home, just kind of shrugging, like, oh, well, you know, I can't, I might can't, as well die. I can't afford to do anything. Can't about believe it. I'm going to bite it in a beanbag chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a gamer chair. That's the only piece of furniture you own. Is the... Luckily, we're, we're men, though. We have more time than women. So, you know, that for that whole thing. True. That's right. Yeah. I can have babies into my 80s. Right. I don't want to, but I could. Yeah. 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 You can be. Uh, that'll that'll be a fun baby shower. I don't want to go to like kids soccer games now. I can't imagine how much I wouldn't want to go at 85. <laughs> well, and that, yeah. As you get older, you lose patience for stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, what? I, I don't like socializing now, but like if I had to hang out with like the other dads and watch my kid be really bad at sports, like embarrassingly bad because I know he will be or she, um, you know, like if it's a girl you know, or a boy or whatever, and I'm trying to put him in softball or something like that, I'm just, I'm just going to sit there and drink. Yes. <laughs> That's what I plan to do. That's a dream of every father. I'll be yeah. a very pleasant father, but I'll be pleasantly drunk. Right, exactly. I, I will be. I'll be amenable to you know dealing with other people as long as I have like a a goon sack full of of wine or you know get that. I mean, don't don't limit your your hypothetical child to sports. There's a whole world of things they could be bad at. It's oh, true. Like yeah, they're going to band dance. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be terrible dancers, uncoordinated gymnasts, really awful singers. 
Um, <laughs> the poetry is just going to be embarrassing. Like mm. spoken word. God, I really want to do spoken word. Oh God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, when they tell me that they're, they're, uh, competing in this, in the slam poetry, the local slam poetry competition, just going to go out for a, a gallon of milk and never come back. <laughs> you come back with a gallon of whiskey. <laughs> a gal- gallon of nope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come back with a Canadian club. I'm like, all right, let's. Let's listen to the spoken word yeah, bullshit. Yeah, let's hear, let's hear what you got. Hang on a second. Let me... I'm going to drink till you're good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the plastic bottle, because I'm going to not be able to keep my hand on it. I'm just going to slip out of my feeble grip. Sure she starts plastic. reading the poem. She's like, this poem is entitled, My Dad is an Alcoholic Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might make her good. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's I'm, a sympathy vote. Yeah, our, our, our uh, pain, pain is an inspiration. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're doing her a favor. I am. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah, you are her tortured past, right? Yeah, I have to, I have to cram that in as quickly as possible. Well, you know, like you're a terrible writer, so let me hurry up and emotionally abuse you and and drink until I pass out all the time. Oh my god, as if this couldn't get more depressing. No, uh, it's, yeah, right. Yeah, I think. Well, we kind of have to get in the mood for it. I mean, it's true, that's right? Oh, look at that! Taking it like a champ. 